I think one of the major things that people want is they want someone to speak up for them. They want someone to fight for them. And that's exactly what we started doing at the FOP. You see the FOP driving the message every single day. You see the FOP on the front line. And I want to back up just, just a little bit. We talked about how uh, we're here speaking out for the victims. There's a reason for that. This is a dangerous time for law enforcement, and it's created by people who are more interested in the problem than they are any solutions. Never has it been harder to be a police officer in this country. We're going to take our voice back. We're going to become the national voice for law enforcement that we so desperately needed. Stunning report from the National Fraternal Order of Police. The Fraternal Order of Police, the world's largest police union. Fraternal Order of Police. The National Fraternal Order of Police. Activist groups and others have done their very best to crumble us, and yet we stand. We've never had a voice like this powerful before. This is The Blue View, a podcast for the National Fraternal Order Police. It seems like overnight, some 800,000 men and women who pin on a badge every day, suit up and show up in communities across America, went from public servants to public enemies overnight, as some politicians and some in the media demonize our very profession. With us today on The Blue View, a podcast of the National Fraternal Order Police, is our Vice President Joe Gamaldi and our National Treasurer James Smallwood as we talk about our media strategies and is that speaking with one voice and how we're giving voice to law enforcement officers all across this country in some of the most difficult times. This is The Blue View. Well, James and Joe, if you could, just uh, Joe, if we could start with you, give us a a little bit of background of of your law enforcement career and what drew you into the FOP and your FOP experience. Well, I've been a police officer for 17 years. I started my career with the NYPD, did that for three years. You know, I was tired of living in a shoebox apartment. You know, the type that's so small when you open up your bedroom door and hit your bed. Yeah, not exactly what I wanted for my life. So I moved down to Houston about 14 years ago and joined the Houston Police Department. I've been there ever since. Uh, I'm a sergeant there, still working night shift patrol. I'm on like two hours of sleep right now, but don't worry, folks. I've already had like three espressos, so I should be good to go for the entire show. Uh, If I'm a little jittery, please forgive me. Um, I joined the FOP, you know, well over 10 years ago, getting involved immediately when I came down to Houston in our our local lodge. Uh, We, I was actually a charter member of our lodge 10 years ago. Uh, moved my way up through the ranks. I was the second vice president, then moved up to the president of one of the largest locals. Uh, and uh, I was the president for three years. Um, during that time, uh, you know, I had the opportunity to run for national vice president. And uh, thankfully, the members saw fit uh, to elect me. And I've been the national vice president ever since, you know, speaking out on behalf of the hardworking men and women of law enforcement. It is truly the honor of a lifetime to do this. And uh, I've been loving every minute of it. Well, Joe, you certainly uh, you certainly found a voice, and we appreciate uh, appreciate all of your speaking out on on law enforcement and, and and giving voice to our members across this country, and which is clearly a very frustrating time for our profession. James, uh, you as well. Uh, I know you're president of the Nashville Lodge, but if you give a little bit of the, your law enforcement background and and uh, your FOP activities, yeah. So uh, I didn't always have a career in law enforcement. I started my my. Uh, working career in, in the service industry back in Toledo, Ohio. And I worked there for many years before I entered the, the workforce in law enforcement, moved here to Nashville, Tennessee in 2010, where I started my career with the Metropolitan Nashville Police Department. Um, I've had a vast array of different experiences throughout my time here with the police department. And currently I serve as the Nashville FOP local lodge president. And as well uh, as that, uh, last year I was elected to be the national treasurer uh, for the Grand Lodge. So, um, 
I spend a lot of my time doing that. I also work in the aviation unit here in Nashville on a part-time basis, serving as a tactical flight officer. And um, and uh, as my local lodge uh, presidency role, I, I serve in, in representing the 2,000 members here um, in Nashville, Tennessee, arguing for better pay, benefits, working conditions, whatever may, may come our way, and, and defending, like Joe, the hardworking men and women of law enforcement. Great. Thank both of you to, for being on with us today. You know, these last two years, 2020, 2021, have been some just unbelievable challenges for the law enforcement profession. Very frustrating time for, for those who, who are brave enough to pin on a badge and go into communities every day, suit up and show up every day. Uh, and, and during that time, the Fraternal Order Police did a shift in, in the amount of, uh, I guess, uh, speaking out on behalf of our members, uh, both up uh, internally and externally. And just to show you some numbers, some impressive numbers, uh, we've run numbers of the media mentions of the top 11 national police organizations in the country. And of that, in 2020, we had 37,897 media mentions. And in 2021, 43,265 media mentions. Now, th those numbers really don't mean a whole lot until you compare them to the other organizations. The other 10 organizations together combined don't make up 60% of the mentions of Fraternal Order Police. So clearly, this aggressive approach that we're doing uh, in speaking on behalf of our members, talking about those key and relevant issues, uh, are making a difference, at least in terms of, uh, of, of public perception. Now, Joe, let's start with you, because you really uh, have given voice to our members and very uh, very difficult uh, issues across this country having to do with prosecutors and rising crimes. Uh, talk, give your, your perspective on how you see the shift that we've done nationally and how it is uh, taking hold and really, really uh, empowering our members to feel much better about our, about our profession at a time when everyone else is beating us down. Yeah, well, I think a few years ago, there was just, you know, before we were elected onto the board, I think there was just kind of a vacuum. And there was nobody that was really speaking out for the rank and file police officers that are out on the streets every single day. You know, we had these like celebrity sheriffs and retired police chiefs who weren't really speaking for the people who actually had boots on the ground. And they were just more interested in like chasing their celebrity status than actually speaking out for law enforcement. So I think when we stepped up to the plate, we started giving a voice to every single person that still puts on a vest and a gun belt and goes out there and does the job. And a lot of people, they join the FOP because they want illegal protection and they want labor services. And there's a host of other resources. But I think one of the major things that people want is they want someone to speak up for them. They want someone to fight for them. And that's exactly what we started doing at the FOP. And I mean, you can't argue with the numbers. And that is that we have completely obliterated every other police group where they only make up 60% of our mentions. I mean, when we say we are the number one voice for law enforcement, that's not just like a tagline to get people to pay attention to us. That's reality. We are the voice of law enforcement. And now when there are issues that are impacting our profession, they're not going to the celebrity police chiefs or the, the, the sheriffs or everything. They're coming to us. We are the voice for law enforcement in this country, and it's not even close. Uh, and you're right. And the difference that is, is that uh, it's the perspective of those who actually strap on a gun and a vest uh, and go into in uniform and go into communities every day. James, I, you, you played a big part in this as well and, and done a number of media interviews, uh, both uh, in, in local markets and in national markets, giving voice to our members. Uh, what is your, your view on, on your perspective on how this change and shift is, uh, is, is giving our members, uh, I guess, empowering our members more? You know, like Joe, I think it's very important that we point out the fact that we are speaking for our members. Our members have, have had a long and strong thirst for our leadership to step up, 
to the plate, swing the, swing the bat and tell the local community what is actually happening. Because for the longest time, we've had people out here uh, spewing hate, spewing rhetoric and not being truthful about what law enforcement does on a day to day basis. And not just for our members. Our members are are, are the, the benefactors of, of all the messaging that we're putting out there, but the community as well, because the community has been misled and misguided for so many years that anything that somebody runs out there in front of the media and says, it, it becomes easy to believe. But when you have somebody out here that's pointing out facts, that's speaking truth, it's almost impossible to look the other way when you point it out with reason and, and just be out there with the truth every single time. Yeah, no, when we first started this this uh, shift in the way that we uh, dealt with the media in the, in the National Fraternal Order Police, we found a lot of pushback from uh, from most of the news sources. And it didn't matter how much we spoke, we were drowned out by the literally thousands of anti-police uh, comments that were made in stations and, and you know news outlets across the country. But we've, we've slowly overcome that. And, and the, the numbers speak for themselves. Uh, we put together a really good promotional video uh, that's that tells how we are speaking on behalf of our members, 364,000 members across this country, speaking with that one voice. Let's take a look at the video, and I'd like to get your, your thoughts on, on the video itself. What do you think of this idea of defunding the police? I actually don't think it's far enough. To end policing as we know it. Activists and some city officials. Calls to defund are only growing louder. Overnight, 800,000 men and women who protect our communities every single day, went from public servants to public enemies. As politicians and media demonized each and every one of us. Brothers and sisters, this is a dangerous time for law enforcement and it's created by people who are more interested in the problem than they are any solutions. Over the past two years, the media, politicians, activist groups and others have done their very best to crumble us. And yet we stand. Never has it been harder to be a police officer in this country, which means it's never been harder to be a union leader and be a leader within the FOP. We're gonna take our voice back. We're gonna become the national voice for law enforcement that we so desperately needed. So when it comes to who's speaking on behalf of law enforcement, it's hands down. Stunning report from the National Fraternal Order of Police. The National Fraternal Order of Police, Patrick Young. Fraternal Order of Police. Fraternal Order of Police, the world's largest police union. We started pushing out our stories, our message, that's then picked up by national news outlets across the country, and we are reaching millions. One was a horrific year for violence against police. The head of the country's largest police union also blames anti-police sentiment in some parts of the nation. It's taken its toll and it's, it's, it's eroding a lack of respect for, for the law enforcement profession. 346 officers were shot in the line of duty in 2021. That is the highest number recorded since the Fraternal Order of Police started tracking the data. Ambush attacks were up 115%. While they tried to defund us, we stand. We have rogue prosecutors who are running wild, letting people out over and over and over again. We have bail reform, which has been an unmitigated disaster. While they try to abolish us, we stand. We've never had a voice like this powerful before. We are the voice of law enforcement in the United States. The guys, uh, your initial thoughts. 
that commercial is fire. Like, can I sign up to be an FOP member again after watching that? Because I'm in. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. That is absolutely premier for what the FOP stands for, for what we're doing on a day-in, day-out basis. We are standing up for our members. We are taking the message and taking the fight back to those who are lying about us. I, I cannot be more impressed with that video. And, and, and just as it's important, this is not just about just about speaking up for law enforcement. We're speaking up for victims as well. Uh, the long list of, of, of these these uh, uh, different media coverage that we've done clearly shows that uh, somebody's got to speak on behalf of the victims. And we're looking at rising crime all across this country. And uh, it's it's easy for us to forget that uh, we talk about numbers and those numbers are impersonal. But what we uh, fail to recognize that when we talk about 100, 200 percent increase of murders in, in cities, well, that's that's real lives and real families that are forever changed. So there's a there's a voice that's much greater than just for law enforcement. It's it's really all about public safety, safer communities, and and making the law enforcement job safer as well. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And, I, and I'll tell you right now, if you're a member of the FOP and you just watch that video, go show it to somebody you work with who's not a member and say, hey, where's your organization? This is what the FOP is doing. We're out there every single day on the national news defending cops. Where are your people? So I implore you, if you're a member, go show that video to everyone. In fact, go show it to your family members, ask them to share it too. But, you know, Pat, you're absolutely right. Like, it's not just police officers who are speaking up for victims, which, frankly, victims don't really have a loud voice right now. Last year, we had 16 American cities experience their highest murder rate on record. In 2020, we had over 20,000 homicides in this country. That's the first time since the mid-90s. And in 2021, they actually outpaced that number. So who's going to speak up for the victims if nobody else will? Well, guess what? We will, because we actually care. Not the activists who scream at the city council meetings about how they want to defund the police or they want to reimagine you know, public safety, which means no enforcement. It's actually us, because we actually care about our communities. We're in our communities every single day. We want to see them prosperous. We want to see them have the same opportunities as all of us. But if we continue down this road of just letting criminals out over and over again, no banks are going to move in those neighborhoods. Grocery stores aren't going to move in. That's why we have food deserts. Mom and pop businesses are closing left and right. And until we get a handle on all this, and until you know some of these woke politicians figure out that we actually have to enforce the laws we have on the books, those communities are going to suffer, and they're never going to have the same opportunities as the rest of us. Well, you know, you bring a, a very good point. And we look across this country, we see the cities where we see the highest uh, increase in crimes. And we also see cities with the same sizes that are not experiencing those same crimes. And really, when you look at it and you dissect it, it really comes down to policies adopted by those cities and uh, prosecutors within those cities and the way they, they approach the, the crime. So there, there clearly is a lot to learn here. And, and, and the Fraternal Order Police is driving that message. Um, but, you know, we looked at those numbers and there's a significant number there. There's a big change. When you look at 60% of the other 10 organizations uh, well, to tell the 10 organizations don't make 60% of the media mentions of the FP, there, there's really a, a, a deeper uh, strategy here uh, at work. And so, if, Joe, if you could uh, talk a little bit about how uh, the Fraternal Order Police's approach to addressing some of these some of these really important issues for law enforcement, how we've been able to set the media markets and lead uh, markets across this country, talking about real issues and forcing the discussion about public safety in, uh, in every town USA? Well, you know, I think it's really important that whenever we make these arguments or we have these conversations, that it has to be fact-based 
We have to be passionate about what we're talking about so people understand, like, this is important. When we talk about crime numbers and murders, or when we talk about officers being shot, we're talking about mothers, daughters, fathers, sons. We're talking about real people. So we should be passionate about what's going on in our communities. So one of the things that we do at the FOP is we make sure we do our research. And, and thankfully, we have a wonderful staff in Washington uh, who can, I mean, Mark McDonald is, is my go-to. Sometimes I'm bugging him at like two in the morning. I'm like, hey, man, I got an interview in three hours. You know, get up out of bed. I need these stats. And, and he's always on point. But what we're doing is we're getting the factual information. We're developing a plan on social media to put that information out. And then when we do put it out, because we are speaking for law enforcement and 366,000 police officers that are our members across the country, it's getting picked up by all these national outlets and we're reaching millions of people. They see our stuff on social media and they say, listen, let's have you on for an interview to discuss this. And now we reach even more people. And the best part about it is once we've done these interviews, we can post them back up for everybody to see again and really lengthen out the media cycle so that our issues are front and center. But more importantly, it is coming from our voice. It's our message that we're pushing out. It's not some narrative like James was talking about where it's harmful rhetoric coming from people, you know, who want to defund the police and treat us like crap. It's coming from us. And that makes a huge difference when we start to have this conversation with everyone. Well, Joe, you, you, you mentioned uh, our, our legislative staff here in Washington working through these issues, and I can't speak enough for them. Uh, these very two difficult years, and they've stayed ahead of every issue and made sure that our members' voices, a law enforcement profession, had a voice in all of these discussions. So uh, hats off to them. And also to Mark McDonald, that video we just saw was put together by Mark and Mark, uh, the great work that he does. Uh, James, if we could, it, it, there's more than just... Uh, the FOP is, is experienced uh, unprecedented growth. We've never uh, had been bigger uh, and more uh, more influential than we are now. Uh, we saw our biggest two-year growth uh, during the two worst years, you would think, for the law enforcement profession. Um, but it's much more than just us speaking out. That is uh, certainly certainly a huge part of what we're doing and calling attention to, to the FOP. But we have a lot of services we provide to our members. Can you can you talk just a little about, about the wide range of services that uh, being a member of Fraternal Auto Police and why, you know, has offers and 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 why there's not a, an officer out there that shouldn't be uh, part of the FOP because of the benefits, uh, benefits? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you look at the FOP, of course, we've talked about how you see the FOP driving the message every single day. You see the FOP on the front line. And I want to back up just just a little bit. We talked about how uh, we're here speaking out for the victims. There's a reason for that. There's a reason for that, because at one point in time, we had elected officials who were speaking out for victims. And those prosecutors, those rogue prosecutors and defense and, def and uh, district attorneys are not speaking out for the victims are not standing up for the victims. Now there are actually more proponents for the criminals than they are the victims. And that's why our message is so strong and why it carries so far. But when you look at the FOP as a whole, we're, what, we're much more than our messaging. Our messaging is powerful because it's true and it's telling the public what's happening and why our world is degrading in the way it is. But we offer so much more. We have our legislative services out of Washington, DC. And those legislative services bleed out into every single facet of our organization. Our state levels and our local levels are, are all working towards that goal of promoting better working conditions, better pay and benefits for our officers. And that all goes through our le our legislative services. But to that end, we also have a labor services division here where they will actually help you represent your members and do your contracts and navigate the minutia of the day-to-day -day on that kind of thing to make sure that your members 
are are being represented well and that you an F, potential FOP member may have the very best possible working conditions, pay and benefits possible. Um, on top of that, we've got not only labor legislative, but our legal plan, which puts members in a very comfortable position to make sure that they are well protected out there. Because we all know that when we put a gun on our hip and a badge on our chest, we go out there, we're taking risks. We're putting ourselves on the line. We are making sure that our communities are safer, but that is not without a risk. And that risk is covered by your by our FOP legal plan. And that is a huge part of what we do day in and day out to make sure that you have appropriate representation when you may need it. Yeah. You add to that our wellness program, our disaster, uh, uh, disaster assistance, our education program. The list goes on. Just a wide range of benefits offered by by the FOP. Uh, and Pat, if I may. A good point. If I, I'm going to back up a little bit. To, and, you know, you're talking about policies and in cities across this country. And there's been a, a, a push by many that say that this is righting uh, social injustices that have happened over time. But but we often kind of forget the fact that uh, the highest percentage of our uh, of the, the victims of these crimes are really the very community that we, we're, we're trying to, to, to help and, and, and are underrepresented. And Joe, I know you speak on, on that uh, topic a, a great deal about uh, who's who's being affected by some of these policies the most. The one thing we can't ignore, and, and the fact is, is that there are example after example after example after example of, of, of dangerous uh, violators who have been released from prison only to continue their carnage. And, uh, and if, that's, if that's somehow fixing policies and making our community safer, it's clearly not working. Now, Joe, you want to touch on that just slightly? Yeah, Pat. Well, clearly there has been a toxic cocktail that have been shoved down the throats of law-abiding Americans. And that is rogue prosecutors who cut sweetheart deals for repeat felons over and over and over again. And I would listen, I'm not talking about the guy who steals a candy bar from Walmart. I'm talking about our trigger pullers, people that are actually shooting people, gang members, and they're getting probation. Yes, you heard me, probation. And I think generally in the American public, they think, well, if somebody robs me at gunpoint, that person's going to go to jail for 25 years. Try again. They're probably going to get a PR bond, which bail reform has been an unmitigated disaster where they just pinky promise to show up to court and they never do. And then add that on top of the demonization of law enforcement. And it's not hard to figure out why we're in this spot, why crime is spiking and why it's so bad. But the people who are disproportionately impacted are our black and brown communities. They are the victims of these crimes. So when I see elected officials screaming that police officers don't care about our black and brown communities, I mean, it's a complete joke. We're the only ones that care. And I'll tell you right now, if you live in one of those communities right now and your politicians are not standing on a bedrock platform of law and order, you need to vote their ass out because they don't give a damn about you, your family, or your community. Yeah, that's an excellent point. And, and and one thing we need to make very clear, at least uh, every every approach that the Fraternal Order Police has made uh, during this entire discussion is, is that uh, no one's ever said that law enforcement gets it right every time. You know, our whole industry is is, is something that is constantly evolving and, and it has to do with the norms and, and, the, uh, and the, the support we have within our communities. The very powers that we have as police officers are directly related to that trust. Uh, and that trust has really taken a hit by a number of public officials that have really worked really hard to demonize us and uh, and created even a, a larger problem for us to, to attract the best and brightest to come into to this profession. So it, it is it is, you know, when we talk about speaking with one voice, it is so much more 
than just calling attention to, to our organization. We are speaking on behalf of all of the challenges that we're, we're addressing as a profession and, uh, and how it's making our communities uh, less safe. And uh, it, we very much want to be part of that, of that partnership and, and moving, us, uh, moving us forward during these, these very difficult times. Uh, James, if you could, if somebody wants to, to know more or are interested in becoming a fraternal order police, they say they're not a member, um, where could they go about getting information on, on joining? You know, uh, we've got a really well re redeveloped website, www.fop.net. If uh, you're interested in joining and becoming a member, click onto our website. There's a there's a link right there on the homepage. It'll help you uh, find your local state lodge uh, where you can make a connection and uh, ask about joining as a member. All you got to do is fire off an email and somebody will get back to you and uh, they'll, they'll give you all the details in joining. And, and it's it be very in, uh, important to point out that there's a reason why the Fraternal Order Police is the oldest and largest. And uh, it's, it has every bit to do with our structure itself. Uh, we have over 2,200 local lodges across this country. Every one of them has been allowed to pick their own identity. They, they, re, they reflect the communities they live within and, uh, and, and play. And because of that, there's, a, there's that connection. And, and, and it's not like some of the organizations that are so rigid that the, uh, that the directions come from the top down. Or we're actually the opposite. Our, our job is still on the national and the state level is to give that united voice on a state and a national level on behalf of our members. But really, the rubber meets the road within those local uh, those local lodges and uh, the decisions are made in in every town in America. So uh, thank you both for uh, for uh, time. I'll, I'll give both of you a chance to to kind of wrap it up and uh, have the final word. Well, President Yost, just want to say thanks for having me on the uh, one of the inaugural podcasts here. It's a very exciting time for us. Uh, if you are a member, don't forget to download the free national FOP mobile app to keep up with all breaking news. You can search it on the App Store and FOP or Google Play. It is completely free. We all know how much cops love free stuff, so please download the app. Also, please make sure and follow us on social media at GLFOP on Twitter, uh, National FOP on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at Joe Gamaldi, shameless plug, I know. And thank you all for tuning in. I certainly hope that I can be on future podcasts that I haven't said anything that got me in trouble so far. And with that, I will flip it over to James. Well, Pat, just, just like Joe, I want to say thanks for having me on. I think this is a really great resource. It's going to be great not only for our members, but for future potential members in the community. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about messaging in, the, in this podcast. And what I want to talk about, what I want to leave folks with is, while we are absolutely on the forefront of messaging, we are out there every single day, beating feet and making sure that we get our message out there to not only our members, but to the public. Uh, there's another component, which is uh, the I Am series that we published out. If you go to our, our uh, social media and to our YouTube page, um, you will see some very positive messaging about law enforcement, who we are, what we represent, and what we do day to day. And the fact that we are mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles and that we have families at home waiting for us. And that despite all of that, we're gonna to continue to come and stand in line between good and evil every day and put our lives on the line to make sure that our communities can be a safer place. And if that doesn't charge you up to be a member of the FOP, nothing will. Thanks for having me on. I look forward to being back in the future. Well, guys, thank you. I know I don't say this enough and I, I it's it's necessary to do so. These are very challenging times that we've, We've had as a, as a profession, we've navigated through it and, and provided absolute best voice to our members and, and trying to be a reasonable voice, fact-based discussions uh, so we can navigate through this. Uh, so I, I know I don't say this enough. I want to thank both of you for your leadership, 
in, in these very difficult times. I could not be prouder of, of the, the way our board and our organization works together to, to push this narrative and uh, provide more stability uh, to law enforcement. So thank you. And also thank you to those 800,000 men and women who show up and uh, suit up every single day and make a difference in our communities because we truly are part of our communities. We want them to succeed. There's a, it's in our DNA to not let bad things happen to good people. So thank you very much for, uh, for, for tuning in. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of The Blue View, hosted by Patrick Yost, National President of the Fraternal Order of Police. To catch our next episode, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and review. To get the latest from the National FOP, make sure to follow us on Twitter and Facebook at GLFOP and on Instagram at FOP National. Thanks again. We'll see you next time.